12-month journey to, to Thailand. All right, how many of you know where Thailand is? Anyone been to Thailand? Yeah, yeah, there's a one hand or two. Anyway, so he was going to do a, a 12-month um, trip to Thailand where he was going to be uh, doing, acting as an, ex- an exchange student. But he was going to particularly live with a local host family. Not going to be a nice little hotel thing that he was going to stay in. And um, this host family wasn't going to speak any English. They didn't. All right? And so he's going to live in the far northeast of the country and attending the region's high school during his exchange year. And um, each morning, being part of this local high school, it will be, he'll be attending the assembly where they will be honoring Buddha every morning. He's going as a Christian. He's going to be the only non-Asian person in the town and the surrounding villages and probably the only born-again believer as well. And each morning with the host family that he had lived with, they would prepare food offerings for the dead ancestors each month and, uh, and participate in Buddhist rituals. So he would be part of this whole ritual every single day and monthly things that they did. In this house, there was no refrigerator, there was no hot water, and the toilet was a hole in the ground. All right? His host father would try to get him to watch pornographic videos with him and his mates as often as they wanted to and could. And so this is the journey that he had prepared himself for, not knowing all of these details until he got there. And the same way we are also on a journey as, as the people of God, not knowing exactly what awaits, particularly in 2023. Amen? Well, you don't even know what awaits on the 19th of December or the rest of this day, as you think of it. And there's this thing that God calls us to, to prepare ourselves for what lies ahead. We don't know the detail. But imagine this young boy thinking about living in a country where he doesn't know the language. Maybe he could have started learning the local language, at least some greetings. Maybe he would have thought, well, there's not going to be any Christian around in the areas where I'm going to go to. Maybe they told him this is the reality. This is a Buddhist country. He would have probably known that. And he would have now prepared himself and like, how am I going to manage as a Christian in a non-Christian environment? And probably would have then done a little bit of packing appropriately. Maybe not just the Bible itself, but maybe additional material or additional podcasts these days that we can live on and listen to so that we can keep our spirits sustained and growing. Correct? You would prepare yourself for the journey ahead if you knew a little bit more of the detail what awaits us. But in general, none of us know anything about tomorrow. We don't know nothing about 2023. I just completed my year's annual um, year planner on my wall and I, and I look at it and I love, I love statistics, I love details and I could look at my year and I keep on looking at it in my study and I'm like, okay, I can see January, February, March, April, May. And those are the things that I can plan for my diary, but I can't really do much more planning detailed wise. I don't know how the days will look like. We have no idea what awaits us in 2023. But we know who will go with us into 2023, correct? And so we, we have been talking about the book of Exodus and, and 
for a couple of months already, we've been journeying through the book of Exodus, and we've put it a little bit on hold since the beginning of December, and we'll catch up again in, in January when we get to the new year. But today, I've, I've really felt to talk to you about a simple thing, and that is being prepared for the journey, and hence me wearing a backpack. And in this backpack, I have a few items that I feel will possibly, hopefully, resemble some of the things that we need to look at to prepare us for the journey ahead. We don't know what the journey looks like. We know that every journey has its ups and its downs, doesn't it? Hey? You travel from here to Victoria Falls, which I often have done over the last year. We know, I know the route now. I know how it works, and I know where the potholes are, and, and, and not every single one of them, I must admit, but it is quite an interesting journey. And so you prepare yourself. It's 450 kilometers, roughly about two hours drive. Thank you. You guys are awake. That's good. Some of you are awake. You're like, calculate 450 kilometers, two hours. It's not possible. All right. If you thought nothing of it, you've never done 450 kilometers and, and driven and calculated the time that it takes you. It's around five hours, okay? Don't worry. You're like, oh, yo, but how fast does he drive? No, it's normally around five hours. And so you prepare yourself for that trip. We go up to the falls. We normally spend six days there. And so we prepare accordingly. We take food with us. We don't go stay in a hotel where everything is served. We take our own food. Just in case you thought that I'm at the um, Elephant Hills Hotel uh, every, every month and just having a great time on the church expenses. We don't do that. We stay with people in a cottage, and so we prepare accordingly. For every journey that we go on, there are preparations required. Correct? If you don't do that, you get to the other side, or you're along this journey, and you're ill-prepared, and you realize, oh my goodness, I went to the trade fair this afternoon, but I didn't think that it may be raining. And so now I'm stuck here, and it's pouring with rain. Should have just brought a raincoat or an umbrella, whatever it may be. So for every journey, there are preparations that we need to do. Some of you may go to your kamusha during this week over Christmas, and then you're going to do some prep. You're going to take some stuff with you for your family, etc., etc. But in life, the journey of life, we don't know the details that await us. You go to a particular place, you know perhaps what you need to take with you. But for tomorrow, next year, Next month, the new year ahead of us, we have no idea. But there are things that we can take with us that we can put aside to say, these are the things that will help me to make sure that when I get to tomorrow and the days ahead and the months coming, that I will possibly be better prepared. It cannot guarantee anything, but it may just help me in what awaits me. All right? So you want to see some of these things that I have in my backpack. I hope you're going to say yes, because if you don't say that, then it's going to like spoil the whole preach, isn't it? Please say yes. All right, all right, all right. So I've got some items in here that I'm going to take out, and um, you're going to probably have an idea of, of what they speak of, and that's why we have a table up here. I've got a reflector jacket. I've got, oh yeah, I've got a map, I've got a book, we'll explain that just now, what else do we have in here, oh we've got 
fruit and nut bar that goes with, hey, you got to have nyama. So we've got some nyama here. And uh, we've got, see what this is? It's a mug to um, have coffee or tea or whatever it is. A pair of boots, Courtney's truly Zimbabwean. Hey, we've got, we've got a cap, see, even also quite Zimbabwean from the Sandra Jones Center. All right, and then what else do we have? Ah, a box of matches. There should be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight items up here. And what we're going to do is just talk around these things and help us understand how important it is for us to perhaps consider these things as means to be ready for what this new year entails. And so, God, I, I pray that, that these simple items will help us to prepare ourselves for life. It's not just for one year. It's for every day. It's the journey that you've called us to walk with you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that um, you will truly help us to understand this. Would you turn with me? In your Bibles, to the book of Hebrews, as we talk about these things that I believe are perhaps key things, and I'm sure that you can add many other things to it, picture of your wife that says, well, that'll help me to prepare my way for the future, I don't know. But in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read a few verses together, as we talk about the first thing that I believe is incredibly important for us. Hebrews chapter 12, are you all there? All right? Right close to the end of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, therefore. Say with me, therefore. The therefore is there because something else was mentioned before the therefore. And the something else is the, the, the hall of faith. Not the hall of fame, but the hall of faith that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. About various men and women that had incredible faith. And so because of their faith, it says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the witnesses of Hebrews chapter 11. It says, let us. Say with me, let us. Let us is an, it's an encouragement, but sometimes it should actually be a command, an instruction. Say, let us. Come on now. Because of what we see in these people, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. The first thing that it says, in the light of what these guys have gone through, the example that they said, let us put aside the stuff that comes and clings to us and the weight that we carry. And then it says, and let us, say with me, let us again. There's another let us. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So it says, let us get rid let us now run. How many of you know that when you run and there's weight on your shoulders, it's not easy to run? How many of you know that when you run, it's already difficult? Never mind weight. Uh-huh. Anybody want to illustrate that to us, to run? That? No, don't worry. Um, to run without weight is already a stress and a stretch. To run with weight is very difficult. And so the Hebrew author he encourages us to 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 run this race, to go on this journey, if I may use that word, that God has for us, looking at what the others have done before us and letting us not be 
entangled and, and burdened with weights that we shouldn't carry. Some of the weights that we carry is particularly sin that we are engaged in that we shouldn't be engaged in with. And what we do is we put the backpack on and it's loaded with stuff. Loaded with things that we shouldn't be carrying. There are things that we should carry that prepare us for the journey. And I'm going to get to them just now. But there are also things that we shouldn't carry. And one of them definitely is the sin, various sins that we have in our lives. And it's no way trying to condemn anybody. It's just sin keeps you back. And if you're struggling in your journey with God and you're pushing into the future and there's known sin in your life and you're not dealing with it, it's going to hold you back. It's going to be a weight on your shoulder. It says, let us run with endurance. This is the key. How do we run this race with endurance? Verse 2. It says, we, we look. We have a focus. We have an aim. We look unto Jesus because he is the one that we run towards. So in other words, our destination is not a place like this map would illustrate. This is a map of a certain part of the world that I guess none of you have ever been to. That's not of interest right now. The map is just trying to tell us that when we start a journey, we want to know where to go to. Uh-huh. So uh, let me just... I'm going to go to Guero. Guero is this place over there in Midlands, isn't it? But I'm going to go via, I don't know, let's just drive out of Blue and see if we can get there. Oh, my goodness, it says plum tree. Where's Guero now? Or whatever silly direction we have taken. Oh, yeah, I'm here by West Nicholson. You guys know the way, um, by the way, Guero is? No, no, it's not around here. You certainly have missed it. We should have taken the right road. And so whenever we start a journey, if you're not familiar with where you need to go to, you go to a map. And you look at, my destination is whatever the name of the place is. And you look at the route that you need to use to get there, correct? And Jesus is our destination. He is the one. The author, and it says here in Hebrews 12, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So whenever we start a journey with God, you've got to ask God, God, are you my destination? Or am I just on this journey for the sake of getting to heaven one day? Heaven is not our destination, ladies and gentlemen. You're not here on earth just to prevail so that one day when you leave, you can go to heaven. You're here on earth to pursue Christ. He is our destination. He is the roadmap. So the journey starts with the destination. Every journey starts with that, isn't it? It's like, where are you going tomorrow? I don't know. I'm just going to drive. Okay. You're probably not going to get to where you need to go because you don't know where you want to go, isn't it? You don't know where to go to, you're not going to get there. One thing for sure, you're not going to get to your destination because you don't have a destination. Amen? So in other words, what you pack your back with, your backpack with, backpack with, what you prepare yourself for the journey is to make sure that you know where you want to go. Is Jesus your destination? Is Jesus the one that you're pursuing today? Not in the new year, but today. Is he the one that 
that you're looking unto, as it says here. And it cannot be anybody else but Jesus. The Greek word, the Greek word for, in, in verse 2 for looking actually means to look away from all else. So when I say, Lord, I, I, I want to pursue you as my destination, I want to look unto Jesus, it means that I look away from everything else. And I only look at him. Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus had this very clear instruction. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you need will come. But don't look at the other things. Look at him first. And so for your journey, for my journey into the new year and into every new day, it starts with your destination. Are you pursuing Christ? Is he the first one? How do we do that? We, we simply just, it says, we consider him. We look at him. We, we, con, we, we study him. We, we take time to not just, you know, read the Bible, but we say what we read in the Bible, I want it to become what I should be. In other words, I study Jesus and I say, well, I want to follow him. And that's what it means. What it really means to follow Jesus is to be an apprentice of Jesus. And an apprentice is someone that becomes like the master. Amen? So when you say, Jesus is my destination, I'm following him, I'm actually saying, I want to become like him. I'm not just wanting to follow, you know, just lightheartedly. I want to say, Lord, as I pursue you as my focus, I want to become like you. And so the question we need to ask ourselves this morning is not, are you following Jesus? The question we need to ask ourselves is, are you becoming like Jesus? So put that in your backpack. Start your journey with him as your destination. The second thing I want to ask you to look at is, is in John chapter 10. Such an incredibly important verse this for us as we look at the second item that we need to add to our backpack and that we need to prepare our journey with. And in verse John 10, such a beautiful chapter to read about Jesus. By the way, this is one of those chapters again where you want to study Jesus? Go and Go and dissect literally. Go and take time on these verses to study the life of Jesus. We, we study Lionel Messi, who's playing in the World Cup final tonight. Or Mbappe, who's playing for France. And we study these men. And, or we study characters um, out there, personalities. And we know so much about, have you heard? Did you know? And it's not wrong. But you know, eventually those that we study intently will be those that we possibly become like. If you study Jesus closely, read through John, for instance, listen to what he says in verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So I just said to you that the destination ought to be Jesus. The way that we stay on path and on track is, yeah, is that what we do we say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to listen to you. I want to be able to understand who you are. And by the way, if your Bible is closed, never complain that Jesus doesn't speak to you. And start reading. 
Bible says, Jesus very clearly saying, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So there's this beautiful commitment from his side, say, I'm, I know you, I'm reaching out to you, but I want to speak to you. And ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest ways for us to be able to just hear God's voice, and I picked up this little book to just use as an illustration to help us understand how simple it is to hear God's voice. It's firstly coupled to this better book, the best book ever, and it's the Bible. We struggle to hear God's voice, isn't it? Come on. Got to be honest. Because there's so many other voices that we hear. And that's why the more we spend time in the Word, the clearer His voice become. And that's why we cannot ever say that He's not speaking. Because His Bible, the Word of God is available. And then we have this beautiful reality and truth that Holy Spirit lives within us. And he comes and he, and he makes the word of God real to us. So we have these incredible two agencies, in a sense, at work. God's spirit and God's word that will speak into our lives. And it helps us to be able to say at the end of the day, here's my destination. Holy Spirit, won't you help me to stay on track? And this little book it's one of the books that I have been using over many years that I, this book is just full with my own notes. It's what I call my journal. And so part of my preparation for the future and my journey ahead is to write down what God and the impressions I have today. So for instance, here it is on the 11th of March of, I think that was last year. 2020. No, it's 2020 actually. These are the things that I wrote down as I was reading from the Bible. And on that particular Saturday, this is what I wrote, etc., etc. And these things are not the Bible, but these are my impressions that I have that I trust Holy Spirit had given me about His Word and about His plans for my life. So it sets me on course. And so often I go back. So I have this and I have a I have a, my laptop as well where I keep diary of what I, I read in the Word and what God, I feel God is saying to me. And these things keep me on track. It helps me to steer my life in the right direction. And so I fill my backpack with not just a map of where I believe Jesus ought to be. And I also fill it with the, this desire to say, God, I want you to speak to me. Because it's, it's promised. John 10. Come on. He wants to speak to us. And, and at times there's, there's this challenge that I, I wonder if that was God or not. And, and then I have friends. So we have God's Word. We have God's Spirit. And then we have God's people. Then I say, God, in, in pursuit of, of you as my direction and, and where you want to take me and, and where my life should, how my life should turn out, I want to trust your word. I want to trust your spirit. And I want to also say, hey, Simon, what do you think about what I'm sensing God is saying to me? Please help me or whatever it may be. And so that's why it's possible to prepare yourself for, for the future and for the journey. God's, God's spirit within the context of God's people. The third thing that I believe is so helpful for us, and it's 1 Peter, as we hasten along, 
1 Peter verses 1. And uh, I'm giving you these things because I really honestly believe that they could be helpful for us in our journey ahead and what God has for us as individuals and as people of God together. 1 Peter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore again, hey, I love this, another therefore. Preparing what for action? Your minds. So guess what? This journey ahead starts in the Starts in the mind. You've got to set Jesus as your, as your destination. You've got to pursue him. You've got to choose by virtue of what you want your mind to think of that, hey, this is helpful for me to read the word, to ask him to guide me. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of, the, of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. I just want to say to you, this cap for me is going to help you. And you can get a broader one and a wider hat, and I understand that. It'll be better for you in terms of um, cover from the sun. But what it helps you is to protect your head and just... Protect yourself from extreme sunlight. But what it also speaks about here is that something here called the mind needs to be protected. And so in our pursuit of the future and where we're going, you've got to have a certain mindset. But if your mindset is of such, ah, I don't know. This has always been miserable. It's never worked. Next year's election will again be another rig, etc., etc. Then what happens? Your hope becomes hopeless. It says here very clearly that if you prepare your mind and you are so come, it says set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So hope comes through revelation of who Jesus is. But it is a process that the mind needs to be involved in. So don't get rid of your clear, simple process called think differently. Think godly. Fill your mind with the words of God, with the promises of God, so that when you face your future, you can have something to refer to. What is your hope for next year? Do you have a hope? Do you have something in your mind that is based on what Scripture teaches us about the hope that we can have for next year? Do you have anything like that in your mind? Then your journey is going to be tough. Because you're not protecting your head, your mind. Do you understand? This is incredibly important for us because nobody else can do it for you. You've got to take the time. You've got to fill your mind with the godly promises that we find in the Word of God. Hope starts in the mind. The opposite of hope will always be despair, hopelessness, unhappiness, and pessimism. And by the way, if you live with those things in your heart, my friend, this morning, I want to dare say this to you, that your mind has not been filled with the truth from God's Word. Because if it has, it wouldn't be. The fruit of, your, of that process would not be hopelessness, would not be despair, would not just be a constant unhappiness and a discontent. But if, your word, if the Word of God is constantly allowed to fill your mind, then you will have hope. Then you will be better prepared for the future. Do you understand? 
Some of you do. The next thing is such a beautiful portion, and, and I think one day we're going to preach from this. It's from a number of Psalms. It's Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 are a selection of songs. By the way, that's what Psalms are, hey? Songs. That were written as the Hebrews would approach Jerusalem in their annual feast. And they sang these songs. They call them the Song of Ascent. As they went up towards Jerusalem, these are the songs that they sang. And they, they're just a selection of beautiful expressions of hope in God, trust in the Lord, complete confidence in God. And you find all of these attributes throughout it. And, and what a man by the name of Eugene Peterson, he used these, what is it, 14 songs, 14 psalms or 15 from 120 to 134. And he wrote a book um, from these psalms. And the book's name is called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Which means that when we start this journey, we got to be prepared that it's not going to be a quick sprint. Amen? It's going to be a long walk. And we're going to prepare ourselves with the appropriate gear. And I know that we're obviously not going to wear this and say, now I'm going to be ready to know wherever God will want to take me. I'm, I'm fully prepared for it. But this is a mindset that we need to have. To say, I'm not engaging this journey with a mindset that says, if it's too tough, if the hills are too steep, I'm out of us. But I'm getting ready to walk. And by the way, these shoes have already walked a lot. You can't even see it because they're just really, really good shoes. So there's a commitment that those shoes have been made with. The mindset that says this is going to be a long walk. And I want to say to us that our journey with God is a long walk. We're going to be prepared to set our minds on longevity. Not these short sprints. Like, well, it's great, wonderful that you've done, you know, a short sprint quickly, serving Jesus for a week. But you know what? I want to stop and, and recognize those that have done it for years and years and years and years. And it's good that we recognize that. There's a friend of mine there at the back. His name is Neil Baxter. He is over 80-something. 84. Just the other day, he turned 83. And I know his, his history a little bit of how long he's walked with God. He's probably the oldest person here amongst us today. But the great thing about him is not his age, first of all, but his longevity and his walk with God. And I think we need to recognize those things above just the short sprints often. You know, it's great to have a Usain Bolt that can do the 100 and in 9.69, I think, is the world record. That is great. But it's wonderful to stop and say, here's a Mr. Neil Baxter that have walked with God for so many years already. It's an incredibly honorable thing. My, my mom this past week, away on the 12th of August, 14th of December, they would have been married for 65 years. I think like, man, that's a lifetime. This man was married and his wife 38 yesterday. So me and I were married 34 yesterday. And it's not because we're going to be anybody great. It's just wonderful to have elders couples that have longevity in their marriage. 
It's wonderful to have people amongst us that have longevity in their years with God. Telling you, wear the boots. Put on boots and say, I've decided to follow Jesus and it's not going to be a short sprint. And if every journey that we're on, there's always going to be tough times. There's going to be days where the weather is miserable. It's not nice. We get into plateaus sometimes and it's easy to walk. Other days it's like, man, it's a steep climb. It is tough. It's not easy. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one on this path. But that's what we've decided to do. When we opened that map that day, I said, Jesus, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Not until it goes better. And then, oh, I'll let go of your hand again because I'm fine. No, no matter what it is, we stay on track with Christ. And we wear those boots and we say, Jesus, <laughs> this is for the rest of my life. You young people that are here, some of you are incredibly privileged to know God at your young age. You can one day, when God takes you and it's at the age of 95, you can say, wow, it's been 84 years or whatever it's been. Imagine that. Just boots that we ought to. And by the way, in those, in those Psalms, we haven't even had time. You can go and read them. There's just beautiful expressions of how good it is to keep on keeping on. That's the motto that we need to live with. I'm going to keep on keeping on. The next thing that we want to talk about is in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 18. And I've got to read this to you. It's probably well known to some of you as we, as we hasten towards the end of our chat this morning. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16 to 18 says the following. From now on. It says from now on. Listen to that. Therefore, another therefore. We regard no one according to the flesh. Anything fleshly about you, first of all. I see your spiritual identity. And we so often are focused on our natural identity. Well, I'm Afrikaans, I'm white, I'm male. But there's a greater identity that we have in Christ that we should understand determines our future. And that's what we've got to walk with. You can't go and say, well, I'm not really a hiker. I don't really walk. You know? <laughs> I'm kind of like more of a, a sitter. <laughs> I can just sit. That's great. No, no. We have a new identity in Christ. And this is what Paul talks about. He says, we don't regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, another therefore, oh, I love therefores, is in Christ. In Christ. That's the key. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So the point for me is that when we start this walk, I'm telling you, it's good that you have a box of matches with you. That you can take the rubbish of the past and recognize in Christ it's been burned away. There's nothing left of it. And what often happens when we start our journey and when we're on this journey with God, we're so aware of our past that we can't go into our future. And your identity is based on what you've done in the past and what people have done to you and what you have done to people, etc., etc. I just listened to an incredible testimony the other day of a Syrian man that, that, that killed people in the war. And when he was, when he was arrested, he killed the policemen that, that were... Um, questioning him and he ran away and he, and he landed in Greece and a long story short he landed up in this in this church building and and he looked at this picture and he said that picture on the wall there reminds me of somebody that that appeared to me in a dream the other day and said to me I have hope for you like who would that be and friends of ours 
from a church in Doha in Qatar where the World Cup is held, led him to the Lord. And he confessed all his sins and he's a new creation. And he's now a minister. He preaches the gospel in Scandinavia. But the point is this, he didn't let his past determine his future. And some of us sitting here this morning, we can't go into our future and into the new year because of the past. And even in 2022, there were things that didn't go so well. And you think, oh my goodness, my business has failed and I'm a failed business person and I can't this and I can't that. And God's saying, put it to fire, my friend. Light it. Repent and get away and move on. And so best you add a box of matches to your backpack and say, Jesus, I want to go into the future knowing that the past is not going to keep me back. And so the next thing then we look at is in Colossians. Are you with me still? Please stay with me. Please stay. We're almost there. Colossians 3, and this is a a, a bulk of a portion that you've got to read and, and study at your own time. Chapter 3. It says, if, say with me, if, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things of the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in in glory. Then it says, put to death a couple of things. And, And later on it says in verse Verse 12, or verse 10, it says, put on the new self, which is being renewed. And verse 12, it says, put on then certain things. Then in verse 16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all ways is the fact that we cannot stop growing. We've got to put off, we've got to put on. Put off, put on. Like in that old Karate Kid movie. Wax on, wax off. Remember that. Wax on. Wax off. You've got to put off and put on. Certain things that you've got to get rid of in your life, and it's part of this pursuit as we follow Jesus. Put off certain things that aren't supposed to be part of your life so that you can put on new things in Christ so that we can grow, which means that there is something that we've got to take in. This is what this nut bar talks about in a piece of biltong. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, it means that we've got to fill ourselves with stuff that you and I can grow and develop. You can't just wait for a next Sunday meeting to come and let the preacher from here help you grow. Look, yeah, okay, there's a piece, few pieces of, 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 of bread for you. Just want you come and receive and eat a little bit. And, and oh, maybe there's something for you to drink. Oh, great. Praise the Lord. This one preached a great sermon this morning, and now I can grow again. No, no, it's your responsibility, my friend. You're going to go from here and have probably lunch and dinner. And tomorrow, if you can, it'll be breakfast and so on and so on. But spiritually, we don't look after ourselves as we should. Paul says, when you look back a year from now, in Corinthians, he writes that. He says, you're going to look at what's happened in your life since then. Last year, the 18th of December, 2021. And has any change come? Has there been things that you've been, that you put off and some things that you've put on? If not, then you're not, you're not eating. And if you're not eating, you're what? You're starving. And a starving person eventually dies. And so spiritually, we often find ourselves in a place where we, where we starved. Why? Not because of anybody else's fault, but your own. 
The meals are set out there for you, but you don't eat. So I want to encourage you, prepare yourself for the future by saying, God, I'm going to eat. Every opportunity that there is for me, I'm going to eat. Whether it's in the morning when I can, Sunday. Whether it's a trading event. Whether it's a small group. Whatever it is, I'm going to grab a moment to eat so that I can grow. My journey is determined by my constant intake of physical stuff. You don't go on a hike without I mean, this is very good for a hike because it's light and it's easy to eat and whatever else. And if you've ever been on a hike, you know that these things are helpful when you do that. But the point is, you don't go on a journey without food. And the journey ahead of you, you all have to develop. You all are called to be leaders. This country needs leaders like you. You're going to eat, people, so that you can grow. That's the journey. Second last one is, it's found in Luke chapter 10, and it's a beautiful story of, of Jesus going to somebody's house, and there's two ladies that they just faff around Jesus, and they do an incredible job, and it's Mary and Martha. And we know the story, Luke 10, you can go read it from verses 38 to 42, and permit me just to close with these two last things, is that um, the one is very occupied in the, in the kitchen and doing all sorts of things, and, and that's not wrong. And Mary just sits and just sits at Jesus' feet and she just wants to listen. So she stops. So what this, this is really, it's a coffee mug or a tea mug or a whatever mug you want to call and put in it. It speaks about regular moments to stop and pace yourself. So the journey ahead is not determined by how fast we go, but how far we go. All right? Shall I say that again? The speed of the journey is not the issue. It's how far we go. It's not how fast, but how far. And this speaks to me of often just stopping and resting. And resting in God, resting physically, resting spiritually, taking in that we, we need to take in. Because we're not made to just function, function, work, work. God has instituted something simple called rest. You find that in Luke 10, as I said. Then in Romans 12, it's the last one. From verses 9 together with others. And you can go read this at your own time. Romans chapter 12, and I'll just give you one or two glimpses on it. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Oh, one another. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And so it talks about this beautiful um, responsibility we have towards one another to be connected and so when you for instance are on a hike and I've done it I've been in the mountains in South Africa where you go on a hike and and if you would ever I, I know about a friend who got lost and actually died in the mountains but one of the things that may have been helpful is if this person had something like this a reflector jacket that if you're up there in the mountains and and somehow you're lost. This makes you more visible, isn't it? You're able to be traced. And I think that we've got to live such lives that we are visible amongst brothers and sisters. People can see my life. I can see their lives. And I don't just hide and go under the table or whatever it is and try to do life on my own. But this really speaks to me about I prepare for my journey ahead and say I need people on this journey. I cannot do it on my own. And so make yourself visible, would you? 
And you all are visible at the moment here by being at a meeting. But I challenge you towards a greater visibility where you will engage others and you will allow them to close proximity with people and say, listen, I don't want to live my life on my own. This journey ahead, I cannot do it without you. I want to ask you to please help me as I journey with God and God's people. So folks, as we, as we push into the future, as we push into 2023, why don't you look at your backpack and see if these items are there. And if one of them aren't there, and there could be others, I'm sure. But if one of these items particularly are not in your backpack, why don't you just prayerfully go and deal with it before the Lord and say, God, if I need to again recognize that my past is, deal with that, etc., etc. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you just this morning that your word is just beautiful, it's clear. I want to pray, Lord, that as we, as we consider the future and the uncertainty of the future, the joys that await us in the future, the, the difficulties that, we, that may at times trip us up as we walk along this path of life, the steep hills, Lord God, the deep caverns, the, the, just the, the tough moments, the, the easy moments, whatever they may be, I pray, Lord, that we will be prepared. As we consider just these items, simple ones, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will say something that we need to make more real and bring into a greater sense of uh, relevancy. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us, each one of us. So just in this moment, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence here. I pray that you will speak into the hearts of people just about whatever is relevant to them and to me. Lord God, where we may have lost track of you being our focus, whatever it is, Lord God, whatever on the, of these items, where we've grown weary, we've kicked off the boots and we're like, no, this has been too tough. God, Holy Spirit, please help us to renew our commitment towards you, towards journeying, with you. Help us to be prepared for tomorrow and for the year ahead that is just around the corner. I trust you for that. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.